0: welcome to lift your legacy my name is Jacob Rupp father husband and rabbi and each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future thank you for listening and let's get to it okay well thank you very much I've taken a little bit of a hiatus on the uh, on the podcasting because uh, you know just thinking about things and how I wanted it to progress um, I appreciate tremendously all of the ongoing support and uh, we're switching the format a little bit. There will still be some interviews, um, but I'm also transitioning to providing some of my own content. So what you should hear for the next couple of podcast episodes would be more personal stuff, uh, a little bit more teaching, and hopefully different ways I can deliver value to you. As always, I really value your input And if possible, I would appreciate if you would reach out on any of the social channels uh, or just email me, rabbirupp at gmail.com or jrupp at h.edu and provide some suggestions for me of how I could better serve. And one of the things that I'm hoping you will see at this point is that we are extremely focused on living a better life. And one of the most important components of that is getting the direction and the one-on-one work that you need in order to live better. So I am a strong proponent of coaching. I do a lot of coaching myself, and I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to please do what many other people have done, reach out, let's have a conversation, there's no obligation to you whatsoever, uh, to see if we might be a good fit to work together, and if that might not be the case, I would be thrilled to introduce you to any of the multitude of options and networks and people that I know who could provide that help. So again, please reach out via social channels, whatever it might be, I don't think I'm too hard to find, certainly not, I hope, And, uh, and, and let me know how I could be of benefit to you. Thank you so much. Do you ever find yourself thinking like I should be at a different place than I am now, and that manifests itself in a multitude of different ways? Uh, specifically, that you're 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 worried about, oftentimes, or or we are worried about. You know, maybe I shouldn't be here in the sense that you know we call it on one end the imposter syndrome. So you find yourself in a situation where you're looking at your life, you're looking at the people that look up to you, you're looking at the the friends that you have or maybe the business opportunities in front of you, and you say to yourself like, uh, if anybody knew like me, you know they they would right away write me off and we are deeply worried that people are gonna find out so to speak who who we truly are and what our capabilities are if only if only my my, my kids would know if only my wife would know if only my business partner would know you know all the clients that I work with like you know right away they'd sort of like write us off so that's piece number one that's how it manifests in the first place it's like we have this sense this concern we call it the imposter syndrome you know that I shouldn't be where I am and 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 on, that means I'm I'm above where I should be and if only someone would figure out where I actually am so then uh, you know then I'd be dragged back to reality and the scary thing is for a lot of people we spend a lot of our time as children feeling like we want to get to a certain place uh, but we never really appreciate the process and then we sort of look at our life and be like wow you know like all of this stuff that that I that I thought I wanted or that I you know hope to get to one day when I benchmarks that I've set for myself you know when you actually get there you kind of look around and you say, I shouldn't be here. Like I didn't, you know, I got lucky. I put in the work, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So the first concept is this idea of an imposter mentality. The second concept, which is also just as prevalent, is the idea that we spend uh, we, we, we're not where we want to be on the other side of things, you know, that I, if only I had, let's say, a bigger following, or more money, or if I was married, or if I was dating, or if I had a happier marriage, or if I had, uh, you know, kids, or I had kids that listened, or I had kids, X, Y, and Z. So a person finds themselves at, at any given time of the day, or let's say a person, a lot of people find themselves at any given time of the day, sort of cycling between, on one hand, I'm not good enough to be where I am, and on the other hand, I wish I was somewhere different. And practically speaking, what that does for us is, it creates a variety of problems. It would be potentially depression, in the sense that I feel awful about the stuff that I did, and the more that I think about it, and the more that I reflect on you know mistakes I've made in my life, or decisions I should have made that I didn't, or, any of those kinds of concepts, the, the 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 sense of despair and challenge and frustration becomes, in a lot of ways, paralyzing. And on the other hand, when you think about, you know, where this is where anxiety comes from, is if you think about the future and you think, well, if I wanna do that, there are a multitude of things I have to do and I'm completely unqualified to do all of those. And there's no way I'm gonna be able to figure it out or it's gonna to take too long or I'm not gonna be able to build, so to speak, in the, the place or the systems or find the team or find the financing or find the support, any of that kind of stuff. So when we start to develop a vision for what we want with our lives, we're overwhelmed by all of this stuff that we don't know or that we don't think we can we can have right now. So either way, you look at that coin, you have this challenge by which on one hand, you feel like you're not good enough in order to get to where you want, or you're frustrated, angry at yourself that you haven't achieved more things in your life at this juncture, right? Or the flip side is, and oftentimes these things co- uh, are, are are coexisting and just um, uh, pulls on the same challenge. We we look at our lives, the things that are in our lives, and we feel like we don't deserve them. We don't belong here. We 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 shouldn't be there. So that's what I like to discuss is the future slash patient paradox. It's the name I came up with. And how does Judaism? How does the Torah? How does a person that that is immersing themselves in spirituality, how do they relate to this kind of a context and a concept? So that's a very important question, why? Because ultimately, when a person is embracing and a person wants to live for for a Jewish re, you know for a Jewish life so most people do not come and think about Judaism as I'm excited about more oppor- like things to do right or I need an identity or I want to join a gang I'm gonna I'm gonna practice spirituality it's like no people don't do that so you, the reason why a person ultimately is looking to enhance their spirituality oftentimes is that there's a hole in their life and there's a part of their life that's missing. And we might think to ourselves, well, then I don't wanna come towards spirituality and weakness. I don't wanna come just because something's not working for me. And I think that the first thing that a person has to consider is, that we, with with the right mentality, if we're able to be completely focused on where we wanna be in our lives, we want to pick up cues from what's going on in our world to go in, to be deeper, to think more. And so if a person goes through their life and essentially is just bounced from one problem to another, they're always going to be reactive. There's a very fundamental Jewish book that gives the analogy of a wicked person. And again, pay close attention to this concept because it's fascinating. A wicked person is like a tree, right, that has little roots and a and a wise person or a good person is like reed, it, it, I'm sorry, let's go back the other direction. I got the analogy wrong, right? There's actually two, right? But there's one concept of a wicked person being like reeds on the sea, and a and a and a wise person is like a tree which deep with deep roots. And what is the difference? That a wicked person, a person that doesn't have a centering, they're blown around by everything. Every single environment is going to push them in this direction or that direction. And on the flip side, a person that is deeply rooted is able to stand through all of the storms. And what's their what's their foundation? It's the roots, right? If a tree has deep roots, it can stand up longer. This parallels beautifully to a concept in the early Jewish writings that speaks about that a person has to spend, just like you know, they were not using the example of a big building, but a person has to put down a very deep foundation in order for them to live a righteous life, meaning you cannot go up without first going down deep and setting up all of your fundamentals. So there's a basic principle as a person goes through their life, are they gonna be bounced from here or there, or are you gonna set up roots so that you don't move as life comes towards you? Now, as life comes towards you, what are you supposed to do? So either you can say, well, I'm gonna go here, there, whatever, and I'm just not gonna really have any kind of firmness in terms of how I go about my experience in life, or what we could say is that I am gonna develop tools where I'm gonna build myself and that the things that come into my life I'm going to utilize them as indications of things or opportunities or places that I could grow. That's why we say famously on Shabbat, we, we quote one of the verses in Psalms, and it says that a righteous person is like a palm tree. What does that mean? So if you look at how palm trees, I don't know about this anymore, but back in the old days when I lived in California, right? So if you look at a palm tree, there's like different rings and going up, right? So the idea of a date palm, right, which is that it one builds on the other. So there's a concept that a person goes through life and they stay the same, but they're able to utilize experiences that come into their life to indicate to them what where or how they should grow. So a lot of times there's a principle and a premise out there that I shouldn't, you know, kind of turn. Again, it's it's a fascinating concept that we in the in the West build and, and deal with this idea of a self-made man. That ultimately, and again, this is a this is a fascinating idea, right? That we think that I should be strong enough, I should be good enough, I should be able to figure all this stuff out myself. And really, that's a fallacy. Why? Well, let like before we get to the fallacy, what does it practically mean? Practically, what that means is that if something happens in my life and I need to seek outward support or I want to go back to my roots and I want to, you know, kind of seek out Judaism or connection or any of these kinds of things and because of something that bad that happened in my life, we look at that as a sign of weakness. Like, oh man, you weren't strong enough to go through your life without any of this support. And the answer is like, no, not at all. If you're a deeply rooted person, you have developed the the ability to see the challenges in your life or the opportunities in your life as indications for how or where or why you should grow. And so that's a fascinating concept. So if a person is approaching spirituality Growth because something's gone on in their life, and they're able to think to themselves, maybe this is an opportunity for me to grow, right? So then they can come to that not with all of the negativity that a lot of times we attach to when you're trying to reach out, but rather we can come to it with a sense of appreciation that wow, this happened in my life, and now let me look at it. I'll give a personal example in my own in my own life, which was that you know, the biggest thing that drew me initially to Judaism was that I saw married couples who were for 50- 50 some years old or less, that, that were speaking nicely to each other. Now, as a person that grew up in a, in a home where I didn't see that, I was deeply affected by that, and I thought to myself, even if this whole system's not true, I'll buy into the lifestyle because I want that level of, I want that level of, of harmony, of, of, of marital connection. Now, what's really interesting is, I found out retroactively, again, you could ask two questions on that, and I'm very open about this. On one hand, you could say, well, just because you saw that, does that mean that everyone in that system has it? And the answer is like, well, obviously not. And the other side was, you know, if you were just triggered by that, there was a part in your past that that that, that, that drew you to this other side. Is, is that a good is that a good reason to do something? And 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 on the other hand, you could say yes, no, whatever it might be. So so. Watch, watch is a f- phenomenal concept, is ultimately you want to use your life as an indication for where you go. And so often we spend time trying to figure out what are my next steps, and you're looking out on the horizon. But the flip side is that that's not the place that you should look. You want to learn how to look inside to yourself and be able to check in with yourself and say, where am I now? What do I need now? And then once you sort of know what you're looking for, then you're able to chart the course in which you are supposed to go. So let's go, let's go here. So we, we mentioned that the person has a challenge in their life, which is often they don't feel centered. And again, literally it's a, it's a manifestation of that same concept that we just discussed. The idea that I'm looking outside in the world for where I'm supposed to go, which naturally means that I don't feel confident with where I am right now right? So if that if that is the case, we mentioned, it will manifest in one of two ways and oftentimes simultaneously. You'll either think you have the imposter syndrome, I don't belong in this position, I'm not good enough for this position, or it will manifest in a sense of frustration that I'm in the situation I am now. I'm supposed to have done different, if only I hadn't, All of these kinds of concepts. So this is where a person could turn to Judaism, could turn to spirituality, and start to look at what are the principles that this teaches in order to deal with this exact challenge. So let's start with the fundamentals. The fundamentals is, we say in Hebrew, there's a word. The word for speech is the same as the word for thing. And you look, how did God start the creative process of building the physical world? He spoke it into existence. So there's a concept, and again, this is deep on a psychological level, this is deep on a, on a spiritual level, that what we say becomes manifest and how we look at the future and how we talk about the future is ultimately what we live. So if a person is is always thinking to themselves, it's going to be bad or always thinking to themselves, it's going to be good. You are naturally going to focus on those things and find things to validate, right? To validate what your thoughts were. And you see that in the political sphere. You see that in every single sphere. So the very beginning and the fundamentals of any kind of growth is for a person to change and to alternate and to admit and to think about where do I want to get to? This idea of leveraging the future to create your present and then what comes afterwards. So if a person's able to, and again, this is like literally how the entire Bible starts. It's the most fundamental concept. And what does it start with? It starts by the cre- creation of the physical world. So it's like the foundation of physicality is that you have to deploy future vision in order to create your physical world, right? That if a person is tapped in and they're thinking to themselves, well, I wanna get to this place. I have a desire to get here. I want to be in, 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 a, in a different location. So leveraging that concept, talking about that, thinking about that, visualizing that, having, again, the idea is if you, let's just look at the other direction, obviously, to, to, to juxtapose the two approaches. If you think to yourself, right, I can't, I'm not able to, I'm never going to be. So the answer is yes, you're a thousand percent right. And then what comes next is that you lose hope. And if you lose hope, for sure you're done. So on on the, 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 the greatest harbinger of the clouds of destruction is you lose hope. You don't have a vision for a future that could be better than where you are now. And if you don't have that, you are moments away from destruction. And that's why ultimately, again, we talk about, Karl Marx famously talked about religion being the opiate of the masses. It's not. The opiate of the masses is when you don't have a future, when you're when you're not able to visualize a world that's better than where we are today. What is that opiate? How does that opiate manifest itself, however? It manifests itself in, in, in drug or substance addiction. It manifests itself in depression. It manifests itself in just kind of tuning out and watching Netflix or other people Stuff on social media, right? Everyone has their heroine, so to speak, of how we 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 deal with our own hopelessness or our own frustration or our own depression. But the realization is that all of that stuff, you know, I wish I would stop binge eating, right, or something like that. Well, that's not the problem. The problem is that you've lost hope. The problem is that you are not able to articulate a world or a place that's better than right now. And if you don't have that, you don't, you, you you're unable to grow. So the first piece for a person that feels like I'm not where I'm supposed to be, You have to realize if you go back to the very fundamentals of of the Bible, right? If You look at how God's creating the world, right? You see that you have to be able to speak into existence to develop a vision, a thought for what you want with your life. And the more specific it is, the better you can get, the more you can envision it, the more you can think through, okay, what steps has to get there. Most people will live their whole life in a reactive state. And again, it's it's fascinating because we have reactive states in parts of our life and we have proactive states in parts of our life. You might not find across the board that you are entirely proactive or reactive, which is interesting. So oftentimes in the work that I do with 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 CEOs, so I'll find someone that is a beast in business and they're able to set up a 5-year plan and a 10-year plan and a vision and they're talking about technology that's going to be built out in the next 50 years and it's going to be so cutting edge and you know the patents don't exist for this stuff yet Or, you know, the the financing's not here or, you know, like most of the work I'm doing right now, you know, is is that, you know, in a place where there's a bad economy, how are we going to manifest our company and get bigger and take advantage? And, you know, there's all these there's all this information about how at the darkest times in American economic history, you have the building of some of the biggest companies, etc. Right. So a person might be able to be proactive in their business life. But on the flip side, say, well, their marriage is the way that it is. Right or that or their health is the way that way that it is and and so wherever a person finds this sense of I wish I was different I wish things were different you have to plug in at that moment and ask yourself if it was different what would it look like right how do I develop a vision around the things in my life that I'm not happy with. And how again, you don't even some of us are so mired in the nonsense that we don't even think about it. Right. But but there could be no again. And and, and it comes from like a, a deep sense of let's say frustration or a deep um, cynicism that it's like this part of my life is so messed up, it'll never be fixed. Right. The, the marriage is, is screwed or my health is screwed or I have to lose 80 pounds. How am I ever going to do something like that? Right. So the areas where we are the most frustrated, it's like we can't we, we, we almost have, it, have it, uh, an inability to develop a vision but then you think to yourself but but could the world you think about what God the, the, the Torah speaks about what the world was like before God created it and it was like this deep Void this emptiness, this overwhelming expanse. That just like the nothingness was tremendous, and and God created out of that the entire complexity of the world with the words that He used, right? And that's an that's an amazing idea because we think to ourselves, well, but that's God. But then there's a second Jewish concept that says that you're built in God's image. So just and and and, and not for now, but that specific image, the ability to create something out of nothing, right? That's this literally we call *selam elohim*, the spi, the the, the image of God, and, and Jews have lots of different names for God, and because each name represents a certain ability or facet or manifestation, that's the manifestation that we are building the image of, not in the other ones, right? We have this ability to build out of nothing. So if a person looks at their life and says, you know, I have a something, but my something sucks, right? So even that, already at that point, you can start to envision and to put out there what you want that to look like. How can you make things look different? And 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 as soon as you start that process, and you can develop that, that that idea. Again, this is a Jewish idea, but Stephen Covey says it in, in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You have to begin with the end in mind. You have to unabashedly, with with no holds barred, think about, what do I really want? What would be amazing for me? How do I have this vision if I would just let myself go and think, and not worry about the practicality of it, but how do I, again, and Viktor Frankl says the same idea. He says that if you have a why, you can, you can stomach anyhow, right? So the how is irrelevant in most cases when you begin this process. So if a person finds themselves intrinsically frustrated, angry, lost, dark, all of these kinds of things, right? What's the first thing is to develop a vision to look at how the world, how physicality started by manifesting itself, which was that God was talking into existence, the future, Right? That was his idea. He built time and then he built physicality. And so when you have time, you have a future. And when you have physicality, you have what to build with, right? So that's this concept of leveraging and borrowing and building your future. So if a person says to themselves, right? Again, even even if you look at that sense of, of the imposter syndrome, so to speak, right? When you're thinking to yourself, God, I don't belong here. This is super awkward. If people felt like, if they knew like who I am or what I'm doing, I would never be, able, I, I couldn't be this person, right? If even that concept, you start to think to yourself, I want to imagine that I could be in this position where I feel good enough about myself that I could just focus on the people I'm serving or I could just do my best job. And, and and then you start to envision what does that look like and do you feel comfortable in that place and how does that whole thing work? So that's the first piece, is that you have to develop a powerful idea for what the future is supposed to look like. Whenever you feel, in any area that you feel, and again, we, are not supposed to live mediocre lives. And and if you have a sense, like everything's good in this one area, or I'm super blessed in this area, but this other area isn't good, well, the fascinating thing is that we are multifaceted. So if everything's good in this area, great. So be happy about that. But then the other areas that things aren't working, you have to think to yourself, what do I want this to look like? And ultimately you have to generate that vision for your own life. That's the, That's the, very important step number one. Now, step number two is when a person finds themselves sitting and and uh, feeling frustrated that they haven't gotten there yet, because again, the mind, and this is, a, this is a Hasidic idea and every other idea, right? It says that you are where your mind is. So if you're sitting there in this glorious future where things have already worked out for, for themselves and, and you're like, I've gotten through this problem in your head, Right? But then you look around and you're still mired in the muck. You still have all the weight to lose. You still have, you know, your business in shambles or wherever it might be, right? So you have a tendency to get very, very frustrating. And also from that concept, you have to build from the physical world, which is the physical world is an organic process everything is organic. And it's fascinating because we have a holiday, one holiday a year, the holiday of Passover, where God, so to speak, jumps and breaks through nature. But if you look at the rest of the world, and even immediately following the Passover holiday, what you see is that there is an organic process that a person has to go through in order to change their environment. And nobody likes to see that, right? Why is the diet industry a multi-billion dollar industry? Why is everyone, all these coaches online talking about, buy my program for 395 and you'll never need another program again, right? The world is so rife because we so hate, on one hand, that process. This process that we're thinking to ourselves, I have to sit down and I have to do the work and I have to learn how to be patient, right? everybody in every area of every component wants to find that magical pill. And there are so many witch doctors and there are so many people out there of every stripe colors that wear every kind of outfit that want to promise or talk about this fact that if you just come, again, there's a, I just, uh, somehow I've been, I've been uh, targeted by a f- certain kind of Facebook ads. It's like, watch my seminar. And then, and, 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 and you never have to talk about, you know, let's say he's, you know, build your marriage and, and, and how do you build your marriage? You watch my seminar and, and it's just you, you're, your spouse doesn't have to be here, you watch my five hour seminar and and, and your marriage is solved for $500, right? And you think to yourself, God, Maybe maybe this time that'll be accurate, right? And you pay the five hundred dollars, or this this marketing class, and suddenly your business is gonna be is gonna be grossing your wildest dreams, right? Or or take this supplement. Next thing you know, you're gonna have you know Jack six pack abs and everything like that, right? And it's like, no man, it never works that way. And and if you want it to work that way, great. There's tons of people that want to take your money. But the practical reality of life is that you do not walk out in your garden and you start scraping at the flowers to grow because you appreciate that you have. To put the flowers in an environment where they can grow, right? And then wait and then go along the process. That sucks and that doesn't sell very well, right? But what is the what is the piece of information that you can utilize yourself to strengthen yourself through the very difficult process that we have of being patient? So the answer is you have to look at your life and you have to look back and think to yourself, has have I ever had the experience where, in my life, I've seen organic growth I've seen growing beyond a certain boundary? I'll share it for me it was like the greatest it was the greatest experience, right. People think, well, I thought, right, that when, when I when I went to Israel, so I had never seen a page of the Talmud before. I'm I don't know what it is, A, D, D, dyslexic, whatever it is. I can't sit. I don't like to sit. I hate sitting. It's it's terrible. And I, you know, I go from being like this hyperactive kid to a to a yeshiva program, right, where where it's like twelve hours where you're supposed to sit and you're supposed to study, and you're supposed to study a language that I dropped out of I dropped out of Hebrew three times in college because I couldn't sit in, in master language. And this is like not Hebrew, it's Aramaic, so it's like even even more challenging and whatever it might be. And so I sat there and I and I sat and I didn't sit for that long. And I was, you know, I was out talking because of course you have to save the world, not really save the world. I just didn't want to sit inside and schmoozing. And I would go buy snacks across the street and whatever it was. But uh, over time, eventually, I, I think it was just that I was such a nu- nuisance. I started getting bumped up classes and I was sitting in one class and it was way past what I was able to do, right? But they felt bad that they kept me in the introductory program for like, you know, a really long time. and. Um, and this rabbi asked me, "Hey, can you read this piece and explain to it to the class how that question that you're reading is relevant to the text?" And I, 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 I like, l- legitimately, I looked down and I started to panic, right? And I and I and I gets like, I, "I can't read, right?" And what I did was I started to I, I attempted, and I was like, "Oh my God, I could read that word," and I translated it, and I could read that next word, and I could translate it, and I could read of the. Seven words there. I read a six of them when I translated them, and I looked at the rabbit with a big smile on my face. And he said, "So, like, how does that plug into anything we've been talking about?" And I said, "I have absolutely no idea, but I just read that, right?" And again, this is you know, it's like I can read, and I'm in a class of like you know, uh, like like tenth graders or something like that. But the fascinating thing that proved for me was, and what I walked out with that was that I saw that I did have organic growth potential, right? And if you think about, again, look at your business, look at your family, look at where you are, uh, any of these things, and you think. Imagine where I was when I started. When I started on this process, what, how, how much did I know, or what did I look like, or what was my business doing? And if you see that you do have those incremental growth pieces, you have enough courage and faith to say, okay, I can sit where I am now, but I can have enough confidence to go forward in the future. So those are two fundamental ideas straight out of the Torah that address this concept of the future patient paradox, which is the antidote to a person feeling a sense of Frustration over where they are in life now, which is where all of the depression and frustration and anxiety comes from, or a sense of um, imposter syndrome of, you know, I shouldn't be where I am now. I'm unworthy of being where I am now. The first point is to develop a vision for where you want to go and to be unapologetic about, unapologetic about it. Again, it was none other than God, the source of all of infinite uh, infinity, right, that was starting to generate what does he want for the future. And we come from that. So you have to be able to dream big enough of what would this world look like that I wanna build? And again, like I said, it doesn't mean jump on Instagram and look at other people's worlds, right? The the concept is you have to learn how to be introspective. It does not mean, by the way, and I heard someone say this, like I can't look at the outside world, I should look at the outside world, but ultimately a person's supposed to project out from within what they want. You can gather data, look around, oh, you know, this guy has this company, this person has this lifestyle, this person does that. Like, yeah, sure, you can see what, what resonates with you, but ultimately at the end of the day, you want to be thinking to yourself, what do I want? How can I generate that from within? And then on the flip side, as I develop that, and like we mentioned, there's that teaching from the Baal Shem Tov that says that you know you are wherever your mind is. So you're thinking, and I'm like, I'm I'm now uh, I've manifested. I'm manifesting. I'm, everything's great, whatever it might be. But then you like think to yourself, you're like, oh my god, this is awful. Nothing's changed. And so that's the point. The second point, which is to look at the physical world, which is a deeply organic process. And if you look at all of the, again, and this is a crazy thing, right? And this is also something that, like trip me out, is that Jewish holidays celebrate oftentimes the harvest. All of the different holidays are celebrating different stages in the harvest. And it goes over an entire year. And it's a progression. And you think to yourself, like, why in the world? Again, there's a, there's a, a cynical point, which is, which is that like, okay, well, you know, like the Jews, like all the other ancients were celebrating nature. Right. And, and that's, and that's a really deep idea because we don't celebrate nature. We live in a world where we think nature shouldn't exist. And therefore I'm going to eat this diet product. And next thing you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have dropped 80 pounds. Right. And, and, and again, this is, this is like a, a curse of our times that, and again, does it come from the 1960s? I have no idea where, but we have, we have this, this, this sickness within us that a person, Thinks to themselves, the ancients didn't know as much as we know now, and you're right. You know, they, they didn't have an iPhone, uh, but 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 they knew a lot more than that. What did they know? There's a prompt there's a pr- principle. There's a spiritual quality. There's a piece of tremendous wisdom when it comes to learning to celebrate the different the different stages in the natural process. If you think about a harvest, there's the planting stage. You need to enjoy the planting stage. There's the there's the growing stage. Then there's the harvesting stage. And then there's the sense that you bring, you know, once you've brought it all into your storehouses, you're able to sit back and relax. But again, but what's coming on the other end of that, which is always fascinating, the same process is just going to repeat itself, right? So if a person has that appreciation to see, spirit- Spirituality, to see the infinity which is cloaked in nature, not only will they be able to vision, envision a perfect, a better, a more special, a greater vision of the world of themselves, what they're able to do, but then they're also going to have the fortitude, and again, you think about that, this is such a beautiful idea, going back to the Jewish holidays, right? It's like, it's not just like, hey, cool, grain, right? It's like, every step I appreciate in the organic process, and you have to learn how to find those little things, set the small benchmarks for yourself in order again that was for me like I when I when I when I start a fitness journey so to speak I'm like oh god I'm never gonna be able to get back there it's gonna be so hard and the reality is what I had to do was just to set up for myself I just need to get enough inspiration which I know takes me about three to five days right where I can kick my sugar and addiction so that I can get motivated to start exercising so instead of being like I have to be inspired for six months or six weeks whatever it might be it's six months right um, I just said I need to get through three days where I can click in so it's again that idea of of celebrating the next Natural process, but also putting in um, a, a, a easier check marks to and, and celebrating those check marks amongst the way. So those were the two concepts that I that I hoped was relevant in, in order for a person to kind of break through this limiting um, this, this this limited mindset that, that plagues so many of us, and this frustration in the fact that we just want to be different already, and like, why is it taking so darn long? And 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 also, this idea that I, I can't even imagine, again, most people, right? They never they always ask, they think to themselves. I can only imagine a situation that's a little bit bigger, a little bit less bad, right? That I suffer a little bit less than I am today. And that's totally not the way that, that that Judaism looks at anything, right? And that's not the way that any inventor or innovator looks at anything. Because if you want to just be a little bit better than today, right? So like, you're probably not going to be. You have to imagine what would be the best case scenario here. And then how do I walk it back and create a process? And you're right. Maybe the, the net result would be that your, your day is just a little bit better. That's the whole concept of if you, if you shoot for the, again, I think it's I'm probably Kanye West that said it. But if you shoot for the moon, you might land on a star. I know that by uh, uh, astro a- astrology, astronomy wise, that's not true. But setting your big vision, and in order to bring yourself out of the of the of the, uh, to move the needle a little bit, you have to set a big vision. So I appreciate very much. I hope this was valuable, and thank you so much for listening.